Hi everyone, I'm Charlie, and welcome back to another episode of the Inside Japan podcast, which is sponsored by Jobs in Japan, the best place on the internet to find your next job in Japan. A few weeks ago, I did a Zoom chat with Alex Debs from Hitotoki to ask about coming to and from Japan during the pandemic. It turned into a brilliant podcast length discussion that I hope you'll find really useful, especially if you're planning to travel to or from Japan anytime soon. We go into how to deal with government restrictions and regulations and a few little tips to make the whole process a lot more comfortable. Enjoy the conversation. How do you get the information about quarantine procedures or coming to Japan from overseas during COVID? Yes. So, actually, information is a bit spread within、uh, different、uh, websites and、uh, channels because actually the quarantine programs involve、uh, the Ministry of Health, it involves the Ministry of Justice for all the immigration related、uh, things. So, And those websites are not actually always very easy to navigate. So、uh, it's actually, we realized at the beginning when like, all the quarantine programs started in 2020, in September 2020, that、uh, it was very important to、uh, kind of gather those information together because it's very hard when you're、uh, like a foreign resident in Japan or a new,、um, new resident coming to live in Japan to know what to do and what to expect. So,、right. uh, basically,、um, you gather all this information and it keeps changing all the time. And sometimes it's not updated on the same website. So, you need to have kind of a way to keep checking and like kind of inspecting how things are and、uh, mm-hmm. adapting. Yeah. Yeah. So, how do people find the most up to date stuff? Because、um, I actually recently. Uh, I'm just getting ready to book my flight to go back to the UK. I realized I wanted to go back for Christmas. I haven't seen my family for a long time. I have a,、uh, a 15 month old nephew that I've never met before.、Wow. <laughs> so,、um, yeah, it's crazy. He's like walking and talking and dancing and weird stuff. Like, and I've never met him yet. So, it just feels very strange to not be there. So, I booked a flight. Uh, well, I haven't booked the flight yet. I found a flight and I'm going to book it.、Um, but I am worried about, like, because England, it's very clear. Like, they have one government website. They say you need to do this and this is what you have to do. And here are all the providers that do it. And that's it. And in Japan, it's like everyone has their own information. So,、yes. how do you get the most up to date stuff? Like, because、uh, a friend of mine told me the best thing to do would be to talk to the airline because they have to、uh, be in line with all the most up to date stuff. So, talking to the airline is a good way to know what you actually legally have to do. Yes. So, talking with the airline is indeed a good idea for,、uh, like, how to say, the process to enter Japan. Because, as you may know, like airlines,、uh, their main concern is that if they somehow didn't screen you well and you, get, you arrive in Japan and at the immigration, at the quarantine stage, they tell you actually some of your documents are not okay. Uh, the airline、mm-hmm. has to send you back home. So basically,、mm-hmm. it involves, of course, like the traveler needs to pay for the ticket, but usually it starts like a huge process and a fight with the client and all of that. So that's something that we cannot,、um, how to say,、uh, like the airline cannot handle. So they have to be very careful about、uh, this part. But all the、mm-hmm. part regarding like quarantine, like what's the process once you enter Japan, basically, like for the、uh, first two weeks. This is something、mm-hmm. that airlines usually don't really、um, know because it's not within their scope. So, this is where basically you need to go to all those official websites, finding those information, or、mm-hmm. uh, using services like、uh, what we do at Hitotoki, which is basically、uh, we, we take the,、uh, how do we, we, 
we look for all the information that are necessary and the last updates and for each country what are the regulations so that we kind of inform to our clients what basically they will be needing for uh, their quarantine stay. Mm, okay. So tell me a little bit more about like why is uh, Hitotoki giving that kind of information and how are you the ones that are able to get all of the, the correct information for your clients and instead of like the government and, and what do you do for them other than just giving them the, the regulations? What, what are people... Uh actually coming to you for yeah so basically uh it all comes to kind of uh, like how to say there are many people who travel to japan without using uh services like uh, ours who kind of find out the information by themselves but it involves basically a lot of time uh screening the internet having kind of a part where you're not sure if you really understood how it works and all of that so of course i know that feeling yeah (laughs) (laughs) it's very common for um i guess depending on each traveler uh its profile, uh, the budget he wants to put in the quarantine, obviously some will uh, find the way to do by themselves. Companies like ours, what we do is that basically our team keeps uh, checking like all the necessary website all the time. We talk with uh, people at the Ministry of Foreign Affairs as well to have the latest mm-hmm. information. We talk with the Ministry of Health. We contact the Ministry of Justice also. Like, we kind of do, you know, like kind of um, update, regular update on the situation. And that's basically the value um, we offer in our packages because um, let's say you come to Japan for the first time or you live in an area which is very far from Tokyo or Osaka, which are actually the two points of entry at the moment. Um, the thing is you will need to stay in a quarantine hotel. And in other countries, uh, like you mentioned before, like for UK, you have clear information. Uh, we also have uh, many people who tell us, like in other countries in Asia, like Taiwan, they have websites of all the hotels that arrange self-quarantine packages. Right, in Japan, right. we don't have that. Yeah, and many hotels do not accept self-quarantine travelers. Some have very specific rules. Some are more right. uh, like have very different way of dealing with the quarantine guests. So basically, this is the value we bring to our clients when we say we arrange like self-quarantine packages. Depending on what you're looking for, we'll tell you what we can arrange, what's possible, and of course, what's not. Okay, that's really useful, actually, because um, I I was looking, and for me, because I live here, I have an apartment here, I can quarantine uh, myself here, but I need to find a uh, private way, private transport way to get from uh, the airport to here. So I'm going to go from Haneda, and there's, a, there's a, a whole bunch of companies, like, they do some kind of shuttle bus or something where you're traveling with multiple people. It's kind of like just a cheaper way to do a taxi, but you do yeah. need to have private um, transport. You can't take a train. And usually Absolutely. it would just be a straight shot from Haneda, Shibuya, uh, Shinagawa, and then back to my place. Um, but uh, yeah, it's kind of a, a much more of a pain. This way, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. The transportation, you have rules, like, as you mentioned, there are no, you cannot use standard taxi companies. Uh, so you have to use specific services for um, the, the transfer. Um, actually, there are some companies that even arrange transfer like very far up to like Aomori or like... Um, oh, really? Even, yeah, and uh, Aichi or wherever. Thing is, wow. those services actually, uh, it's usually the price is quite similar as to spend two weeks in a, a quarantine hotel if you go to a three-star mm-hmm. kind of level quarantine hotel. So it's not something that we really uh, recommend because it's... Uh, Kind of very uh, tiring at the same time. Yeah, but you Getting have a private private car or something back up all the way to Aomori. That would be crazy. Exactly, but yeah, you you there are many like different ways to um, do the quarantine, and like this is where we kind of try to bring information to our clients and help them with that. 
Right. And I also heard that they have, um, so I haven't used this yet because I haven't left the country since COVID started, but um, I hear that they have an app that uh, you have to install when you come back into the country, they make you install it at immigration. Um, And um, there's a whole bunch of other stuff about testing as well. Like you have to get a test before you go and then you have to get a test when you land as well. Yes. Yes, that's correct. So basically, okay. uh, uh, even you're vaccinated at the moment, uh, you still have to take um, COVID tests prior to departure. So it's seventy uh, within 72 hours prior to your flight departure. Okay. So there is a whole thing about uh, if you take a domestic flight before your uh, travel to Japan, or if you take an international flight, how to calculate those 72 hours. So right. that's a bit tricky. Uh, but then you need to take this test. Um, you need to use a form from the Ministry of Health, actually, in Japan. So you, you can use your own clinic, um, how to say, like results uh, PDF. But the thing is, you have to get the exact same information as the as per the form from the Ministry of Health. So what okay. is highly recommended is to bring that form with you uh, when you get your result. Ask the clinic or your doctor to fill it and sign it and put a seal. Oh, okay. So that, yeah, you're sure that, because that's actually the main reason why people get, uh, like, cannot enter Japan once they land, is sometimes there is a missing information on those uh, PCR tests or, like, now they accept different type of tests. So it can okay. be a bit tricky because, like, depending if they took your uh, test in your uh, through your nose or if they took it, uh, if it's a saliva test, then there are different type of tests which are accepted. So, yeah. Oh, wow. If you use the form from the Ministry of Health, in that case, uh, you're sure that, well, as soon as you, like, uh, if you fill the form correctly, then all the information will be fine. Okay, so, that's, so bring, that's a good that's a good piece of advice. Like, bring that form with when you go to uh, wh- whatever clinic it is or however you're getting your PCR test done, um, bring that form with so that they, they can make sure they've got all the right information. Hi everyone, I hope you're enjoying the conversation and I just want to take a quick moment to mention that this podcast is only possible because of the support of jobsinjapan.com. So next time you're looking for a job, check out jobsinjapan.com. There are tons of jobs on there, not only in English teaching, but also software engineering, hospitality, marketing and consulting, among many others. Most of the jobs on the board do not require any specific level of Japanese and you can get started in minutes. So next time you're looking for a job, check out jobsinjapan.com and let's get back to the conversation yeah the the idea is usually um, depending on the country some are very flexible we know in some other countries it's a bit more tricky but uh, the best thing to do is you ask the clinic where you take the test if they are okay to fill the form once you get the test because usually they will give you their own form which is obviously normal but at the same time you can ask them can you also put a seal on this form and you show them that form from the ministry of health so it's in english it's in many other languages as well and uh, if they accept, then you're sure that it's going to be okay. So probably you have to do a second trip to the clinic just to get mm-hmm. the uh, result signed. But at least on that part, you're safe and you know things will be okay. So that's the first right. thing. And then you will travel to Japan. Uh, upon arrival, you'll take another uh, test, which is a saliva test. Um, so you have to wait for the results. So depending on how many flights land just before yours, you'll spend, it's usually... The minimum time now people will spend is about two hours in the airport okay. from the moment the plane lands until the departure. But the longest can go up to five or six hours, depending on wow. how busy it is. Yeah. 
So I guess if you've got like uh, one of those private shuttles or something booked, then you should book it for like five hours, six hours after you land because you're going to have to spend a long time waiting for your PCR test. At least like, you know, sitting around the airport, it's probably better than missing your shuttle and having to book another one because they can be quite expensive, especially from like Narita or something. Exactly. So that's also why, for instance, for this, like depending on the company, some will say whenever you tell the flight you arrive, they will tell you on, they will tell you like, okay, I will come picking you up maybe two hours later, but then usually they would charge extra money every 30 minutes wait, which you cannot mm. control. So like for this type of, uh, you know, problems or question or stress, I would say when you arrive, you're already quite stressed. And like in packages like the one we do at Hitotoki, basically we, we have a meet and greet in the airport waiting for the client. So we usually clients, most of them right now are residents. So they already have a Japanese cell phone. So we would uh, be in touch with them when they arrive. And we basically have the car on standby until they get out. So sometimes it's just two hours, sometimes it's six hours, but our price will remain the same. So that's okay. something that um, when you use like uh, services like that, it's going to help you to be a bit stress-free because some car companies will give you a low price, but then if you wait six hours, it's going to cost you like yeah. <laughs> a huge amount of money. So yeah, that's... This part you cannot control, unfortunately. Every day is different depending on what's the actual flight landing time. So, Right. Um, and I can imagine at busy times that can become like a real stress. I think I had a friend who uh, came back to Japan recently and uh, she had she was waiting for her test and then um, she was terrified that she was going to miss the um, the shuttle because she didn't have any way to contact anyone. Like her, She didn't have um, a phone number here. She didn't have a Wi-Fi box or anything. So she was just like you know, already stressed out, you know, and I think flying for anyone right now must be really stressful. Like, you know, do you recommend people do things like, um, uh, wear like double mask or like an N95 mask or something on the plane or, or. So yeah, basically planes, uh, as of now, so like all airlines are a, a lot, um, advertising under HEPA air filter, which is supposed to be like a very clean way of, um, changing the air every minutes. Um, I personally, I, my, belief is that like we many of us have to take the public transportation have to uh, go to work and all of that i guess honestly it's much safer because you're on a plane especially when you go to japan everybody is tested for a pcr within three days uh many of us are vaccinated at that moment mm -hmm. and like i feel personally much safer uh, taking a 12-hour plane with a flight with people who are just the same people for the 12 hours within like an area right. next to me contrary to like some random public transportation. So of course, uh, well, you, it's having a mask is mandatory. Uh, you can have um, alcoholic gel with you. You can clean your hands all the time. And then uh, I personally feel that it's a very safe way. I, we don't hear a lot of stories of people getting um, COVID while they take an international flight. At the right, moment. right. So I guess like the, what you do just really depends on how careful, how cautious you are about COVID in general. Like, you know, I think a lot of people, like uh, the friend I was telling you about, I think she wore an N95 mask the whole flight. And she said it was really horrible because it's, you know, it's really tight to your face. It kind of yes. hurts a little bit. It was very difficult to sleep because you're like, you're trying to breathe through this filter. So you're like, it's like you have to suck in the breath rather than like just breathing like you would normally. Exactly. So, um, yeah, I can't imagine wanting to do that for the whole flight, but I'll probably wear uh, like a mask and I'll bring extra masks or something in case. Sure. But, yeah, and yeah. my recommend that's a, a small advice for people living in Japan, actually, for foreigners living in Japan. If you're kind of a, um, not Asian um, a morphology, 
using the mask from the brand called Unicharm is actually working very well because they have a, um, extra lens for the size between your ears and the, um, your nose, which makes it much mm-hmm. less uh, difficult for your ears because within 12 hours it can get, if you fly from Europe or America, right. it can hurt a lot uh, for your ears. So mm-hmm. many of our clients were asking what's the best mask when they travel out of Japan and coming back. And we realized that this one works for most of us. So what was uh, the name of that mask again? It's, the brand is Unicharm. And it's Unicharm. the standard, yes, it's the standard mask. Maybe after the call, I can send you the link. It's actually, uh, it's a small tip, but actually it helps a lot on a long flight. So, Okay, yeah. I'll take a look at that because uh, that's really helpful information because um, <laughs> I, I hate wearing a mask. I find it super uncomfortable, especially since I have glasses. It often, like, um, there's always, like, uh, you, I usually use the, the surgical masks if I have to go somewhere um, carefully because um, you can kind of bend it around your nose and it can, yeah. like, kind of be a little bit more flush to your face. Yes. But the normal, like, cloth masks that, you know, the, the washable ones that everyone uses, um, I'm always, like, breathing and there's just, like, smoke coming up onto my glasses and i can't yes. see anything <laughs> yeah, the, yeah. The, that brand the, the unicharm brand they have both styles and the good one is actually the surgical one the flat one actually okay. uh, they work very well for um like your ears it's very convenient actually awesome i'll take a look at that for sure um uh, i also wanted to know about the app um like yes. what the restrictions does the app have and can you because i can't imagine being stuck in like a quarantine hotel or in my house or something for 10 days or 14 days or whatever it is you have to do now um can you at least like go out for a walk or something like are you able to go anywhere or do you have to have people bring food to you or or how do you do that yes so uh, first for the app uh the app keeps changing actually since last year it changed i think around three times already so at the moment uh, i think there are only two mandatory apps uh which are very okay. specific for quarantine so they will actually ask you to make sure you have Google Maps as well. And then there is uh, two apps. One is called My SOS, and there is another one which are basically to uh, check where you are. And also now they do random uh, FaceTime calls, I mean video calls. Uh, so okay. sometimes it's an AI call. They will just check if you're indoors uh, through, you know, like AI system. Sometimes it's actually mm-hmm. a real person contacting you. Um, so that's for the app part. And then for the quarantine, like, that's where it's a bit more blur in the way that depending on who you're talking with, they will tell you that uh, you cannot get out at all or they will tell you you're allowed actually to go uh, shopping for like um, groceries uh, mm. if you want to buy food and such. So uh, our understanding is that it's not uh, forbidden to go buy, uh, you know, if you need to buy food at the supermarket, if you live in an apartment or a serviced apartment or at your own place. Um, of course, you're not allowed basically to eat at a restaurant, to go to a coffee shop, all of that. But like for the mandatory things you can do, if you have like a dog and you need to walk your dog, then it's okay. Uh, the thing is you need to uh, just be very careful, always wear a mask and all of that. So uh, that's our understanding. The rules might change. Uh, honestly, it has been very blurred for the past year about that particular part. So we always tell our clients like to avoid going out as much as possible. But of course, uh, if you need to buy food, if you live alone, um, and you cannot, some areas don't have like delivery services like Uber Eats mm-hmm. or whatever. So in those cases, you can um, use those services. Yeah, if you stay in a hotel, I was going to say, uh, it actually depends on the hotel. Some hotels will even not allow you to open the door of your room. 
some hotel yeah. will actually let you get food delivered from outside the hotel. Some will ask you to use their own room service, and some will actually let you uh, go out to buy foods um, at the supermarket, a bento or whatever. So it really comes oh, up to yeah, each hotel. Probably. Yeah, I mean, I, I had COVID last year, and so I I was um, I happened to have it at a time when I think the case count was very low, and mm-hmm. so um, I was put in a quarantine hotel. Um, like, and I had to basically. They had food. They put it in the lobby, and all the people who were like, I guess, patients, uh, all the people who had COVID, came downstairs to pick up their um, their uh, lunch or something, or their breakfast, lunch, and dinner three times a day. That's the only time we were allowed to leave the rooms at all. Uh, there were no staff there. Everything was like cordoned off. They had like big signs saying, "If you leave, there will be a massive penalty fine or something." And you know, there's cameras and stuff like. So it was really felt like being in prison a little bit <laughs> i can imagine <laughs> yeah, yeah I can. um so i hope i hope the experience isn't like that for people who are just like using normal quarantine hotels especially if they're paying for them yes for for quarantine hotels so basically uh i guess in your case uh it, since you catch covid they were probably a bit more uh, strict you know on the rules yeah, it was for, a mandatory quarantine yeah, yeah. Uh, in this case, for self-quarantine, uh, well, it's mandatory, but at the same time, it's people who've tested uh, negative for at least two times. Because depending also on the country you come from, you also have a third test and a fourth test during your quarantine. So uh, what happened is that I guess uh, hotels, they, uh, you know, they are also kind of um, uh, factual. They see, well, you're negative for COVID. So of course, they need to be careful. But at the same time, uh, they offer more flexibility, which is why some hotels will let you uh, buy food uh, from outside. But for instance, you're not allowed, you're never allowed to use like, of course, the gym or uh, the hotel restaurant or whatever. But uh, yeah. it's, I guess it's a bit of different experience than uh, the one you had at the mandatory quarantine hotel. Yeah, for sure. I'd, I'd hope so. Um, I wonder as well, um, if you're on this app and they're tracking where you are, yes. um, and are there any, I guess, penalties if you were to, for example, bring your phone with you uh, to the supermarket or something and pick up some stuff, or if you were to like go for a run or something or go for a walk, um, if you bring your phone with you, do you are there going to be any like penalties? Will the government, they'll know about it and they'll um, fine you or, or something like that? Yes. So that's a good question. For this, actually, so basically... Um... If when they contact you, if you're outside, they will uh, actually, usually if it's an AI machine, then they will realize you're outside because of the background and the environment and all of that. They will have somebody, a real person calling you after that, checking. So sometimes we have stories of people entering on their balconies and then like it's kind of launched, you know, all the alarm process and then mm-hmm. they discuss and explain. So the thing is like uh, the best thing is uh, if you have to go to the convenience store to uh, buy a bento or whatever, uh, maybe it's better not to bring it with you to avoid any you know, additional explanation. Not like we're not saying uh, trying to uh, you know, play the game, but just more, uh, yeah. you know, for your own convenience. In, instead of explaining after that that you had to go buy food, then maybe it's better to have it at your uh, at your place. Right, right. That totally makes sense. Yeah. Um, this has been super useful, Alex. I appreciate your your insight and knowledge. So you said it's um, Hitotoki is the the yes. um, website that you have for it. Can, yes. Where can I find that? So uh, we have a dedicated page for that. It's uh, Hitotoki. I can send you the link later. It's hitotokitravel.com/self-quarantine-package. 
Uh, we okay, have that that's page. easy, easy to say, very rolls off the tongue. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you you have that page, and you have all the information about the, you know like the process, the services we provide, and for all uh, people booking through Jobs in Japan, actually we have a referral code. So it's J I J, which basically you would be able to. Uh, Gets an additional four、uh, thousand Amazon gift card whenever you book、uh, your service. Oh wow! Oh, that's really great. Yeah.、So. Awesome. Thank you so much. No problem at all.